Good morning. Let's all stand together. We're going to lift up our voices as we sing. I will sing the wondrous story and then crown him with many crowns. I will sing the wondrous story of the Christ who died for me. How he left his home in glory for the cross of Calvary. Yes, I'll sing the wondrous story of the Christ who died for me. Sing it with the saints in glory gathered by the crystal sea. Days of darkness still come on. Sorrow's paths I often tread, but the Savior still is with me, and by His hand I'm safely led. Yes, I'll sing the wondrous story of the Christ who died for me. Sing it with the saints in glory, gathered by the crystal sea. start off the Lord's day. Let's go to him in prayer. Ask him to come and meet with us. Father in heaven, as we come before you, I pray for your Holy Spirit to work and to move in our midst. Help us, Lord, as we turn to you in prayer, as we look to you in your word. I ask that it would be your spirit that ministers to our hearts and our souls. We praise you in Christ's name. Amen. Please be seated.
I seek your will, not my own. Surrender all my wants to you. To keep the first thing first. To live your truth, walk your ways, set my eyes. Lord, I fix my face on you. All my desires reverse. To keep the first thing first. my life an offering my heart is yours so have your way in me your kingdom's all I want to seek and I don't want to love what the world loves I don't want to chase what the world does I only want you I only want you first things first i seek your will not my own surrender all my wants to you to keep the first thing first to live your truth walk your ways set my eyes lord i fix my face on you 
all my desires reverse to keep the first thing first to keep the first thing first all my desires reversed first things first i seek your will not my own surrender all my wants to you to keep the first thing first to live your truth walk your ways set my eyes lord i fix my face on you all my desires reverse to keep the first thing first to keep the first thing first all my desires reverse to keep the first thing first we appreciate those who minister to us in music choirs our praise team john our song leader our, our music pastor I would like to encourage you, though, if you have a desire to be a part of the music ministry, please talk to either John or Sandra Joe. Absolutely, we would love to have you be a part of that. Um, I think the more people you get involved, the better. Amen? Amen? I'd like you to turn with me, if you would, to 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. I'm going to read you verses 1 down through 3. Um, and then I'm going to take us to three different separate sections of scripture because my goal this morning is to challenge you to pray for preachers. Um, this last week, not, not this immediate last week, but the week before, I was on a Zoom meeting with pastors across the country I'm part of uh, a committee of 45 pastors around the nation. And on there was a pastor by the name of Don Ford out of Georgia. And Don is probably in his late 50s, really healthy guy, real active guy. And then on Monday, I got an email that said to me, hey, pray for Don's family. He dropped dead of a massive heart attack, just bam. Right there, they couldn't save him. They, they came, they tried to do anything. He was gone. And I thought to myself, wow, I was just, just on a Zoom meeting with him, just talking. We were talking about all different things to do with our national fellowship and missions. And that made me a little bit um, nostalgic of friends. And so I was thinking back to college, folks that I went to college with and my first year roommate was Jay Williams. He was a vibrant guy his whole life, real thin, real fit, real active, uh, involved in sports with his kids and all of that. And he pastored a small church down in Florida. And I decided, you know what, I'm gonna reach out to Jay, just, just touch base, see how he's doing. So I went into my emails, went in, into my stuff. I couldn't believe it. He's He's dead. He, he died at 62 years old. He just died not too long ago. And I thought, oh, it's got to be a different guy. 
And so I went back in and YouTube, they had a whole uh, eulogy film pictures of his life, his ministry. And I got to think, thinking to myself, you know what? We have a shortage of pastors, Bible preaching pastors in America. And guys are dying who are not even that old. I mean, there's old guys dying too. But I know you young people think, well, he was almost 60. I mean, man, what can you expect? No, listen. Uh, you know, I, I've got Jim Gangwer pastors up in Essex. He's 80 years old, going strong. I saw him this week. He told me, he says, yeah, but you never know any day. And he's just, he's true. He's right. 80 years old. But in your late 50s, early 60s is young. We need to pray for our missionaries and preachers around the world. You and I as a church, we as pastors, we need to pray for God to raise up new young preachers. You need to be praying that God would raise up within your congregation young preachers who get the training, study, go, come, minister. But we need to pray for those who are hard at the work. And so that's where I'm going to take us this morning. Look at me at 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verses 1 down through 3. It says, finally, brethren, pray for us. This is the Apostle Paul writing to the church in Thessalonica. Under the inspiration of God, God inspires him to pen these words. He says, pray for us that the word of the Lord may have free course and be glorified even as it is with you. And that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men, for all men have not faith. But that the Lord is faithful, who shall establish you and keep you from evil. Let's have a word of prayer. Lord, I pray that you be with us as we look in the scriptures. As we as individuals need to be challenged to pray for preachers, people who will minister and our church and churches throughout our country and around our world. Lord, help us to be reminded to pray that they would be well and that they would be faithful, that they would be protected from the enemy, that their, their spiritual and physical health would be well. Lord, as we look into these verses, I pray for your Holy Spirit to stir us. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. Amen. So as we look at this text, this text kind of reminds us that there are three things that need to be addressed. He starts off and he says, pray for us that the word of the Lord may have free course. So we're going to look this morning about how that we need to pray for preachers to have the free course to preach the gospel, to teach the word of God. So that every one of us sitting in the pews, every one of us who are going about our community doing the, the work that God's called us to do in our schools or in our homes, in our neighborhoods, that we know what God's word has to say. Not the philosophy of this world, not a mixture of all the different religions that are in this world, but what does God have for us? I believe that is of paramount importance. But look down with me as we go a little bit farther in the text. He says to them in verse 2, 
and that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men, for all men have not faith. And that is a reality of the ministry. Uh, Brother Ford, who was the pastor down there in Georgia, on that committee of pastors across the country, who died of a massive heart attack. Was that because he was of ill health? I'm not sure. He, he, he was a very, very active guy. Or was it from the stress of dealing with the enemy, those who war against the gospel, the stress of ministering to others? I don't know. But I wish I'd have prayed for him before he died. I wish I'd have thought to pray for God to give him strength and health and give him peace and give him a longer life. Here he says, pray for, pray for pastors, pray for preachers, pray for missionaries, that they would be delivered from those unreasonable and wicked people. And so you and I, that's going to be our goal this morning, to look at that as well. And he goes on to verse 3. He says, but the Lord is faithful, who shall establish, establish you and keep you from evil. And we so desperately need to pray for missionaries and pastors around the world that they would stay out of trouble. Are you not tired of picking up your newspaper or turning on the news and hearing about some preacher who stole $65 million or uh, ran off with some guy's wife or got involved in some crazy, insane thing? And they make it headline news every single time. And you read that and you say to yourself, oh, what is the deal? And the enemy uses it, doesn't he? They'll retract that and retract that until the cows come home because they just want to tear down the confidence that people might have in their preachers in the pulpit. We need to pray. So I told you I'm going to take us to three main texts to deal with this. Go with me, if you would, to the book of Romans chapter 15. And we're going to look at verses 30 down through 32. And here again, we find the apostle writing under the inspiration of God. And God is impressing on us the need to pray for preachers because people problems. The dealing with people problems can be a heavy weight on preachers. Now, I don't, I don't know whether that was Brother Don's issue that his heart just collapsed and he just died instantly. I don't know whether it was the stress of that, but he, it certainly made me think about him and, and feel bad that I, had, I just need to pray more for preachers. Look with me at Romans chapter 15, verses 30 down through 32. It says, Now I beseech you, brethren, for the Lord Jesus Christ's sake and for the love of the Spirit, that ye strive together with me in prayers, in your prayers, to God for me. And so Paul is saying, pray for him, that I may be delivered from them that do not believe in Judea. And that my service which I have for Jerusalem may be accepted of the saints, that I may come unto you with joy by the will of God, and may with you be refreshed. So here we find the apostle, he's writing to the church in Rome. He's saying, please pray for me because the ministry I have to people, he says, this ministry is, is hard and the weight is great. 
He says, pray for me as I deal with those who are opposed to and fight against the gospel. Pray for me as I minister to those in Jerusalem and I bring the gospel there, even among the saints. He says, pray for me that I might one day return to you with joy, not haggard and beat down and worn out. When we look in these scriptures, it's interesting when the apostle writes this to them. He says, I need your prayers, but I need it for the Lord's sake. Look at verse 30 again. Now I beseech you, brethren, for the Lord Jesus Christ's sake and for the love of the spirit that you pray to God for me. And so he tells us, he says, I need you to pray not, not for the apostle's sake. Not for the preacher's sake, not for the missionary's sake, not for the youth director's sake or the Sunday school teacher's sake. All those people are ministering to people. He says, not for their sake, but for the sake of the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, I need you to pray for Christ's sake, for his glory, for his honor. And then you have to love that he comes down in the next part of that verse. And he says, and for the love of the spirit. And once you look in your Bible, you see that spirit there is capitalized because he's talking about the Holy Spirit. He's talking about the Spirit of God. He says, listen, I want you to do this because you love the Holy Spirit who's at work in your heart and in your life. Pray for those missionaries. Across the back of our sanctuary, 40 different missions plaques, missionaries around the world. The sun never sets on the work of Victory Baptist Church through missions. There are people 24 hours of the day that are doing the work of the gospel somewhere in the far corners of the earth. They need your prayers. Because they're getting up in their morning and they're going out into their community. And there are people there who oppose what they're doing. Some of them are in countries where it's against the law to give a Bible out, to share the gospel, even unto arrest or even death. Pray for those missionaries. Paul says, please pray for me for Christ's glory, for Christ's sake. For the love of the Holy Spirit, please pray for me that I might be delivered for them that would do me harm, that believe not in Judea. It's so interesting because the Apostle Paul, for sure, he was somebody who was faced with opposition. Acts chapter 23 verse 12 says, certain of the Jews banded together and they bound themselves under a curse saying that he would neither eat nor drink till they had killed Paul. They made a pact among themselves. Now, it's not because they're Jewish. Paul's Jewish. It's not, a, it's not that they hate Jews. They hate him because he's a Christian. And he's preaching the gospel. He's bringing the hope and faith of Jesus Christ to people in communities and neighborhoods just like yours. He's teaching people how to live for the Lord and to overcome and to have eternal life. And they are so angry about it. They've made a covenant with each other that they're not going to eat and drink until they kill them. Now, they did not succeed. I don't know how many of them starved to death and died of dehydration. Or if they gave up their pack. 
But the reality is there's people out there that hate the gospel so much that they war against preachers, missionaries, Sunday school teachers, deacons, junior church teachers, people who just simply want to minister the word of God. But go back with me, look again with me at Romans chapter 15, because he doesn't stop with just those who would do him the most physical harm. Look at what he says as he comes down into verse 31, that I may be delivered from them that do not believe in Judea, and that my service, which I have for Jerusalem, may be accepted of the who? The saints. And we're not talking about saints that the Pope has gone ahead and smoked and done the thing and said this person's a saint. The Bible teaches that every single person who's ever received Jesus Christ as their savior is a saint. So he's talking about the children of God. The apostle is writing to the church in Rome and saying, please pray for me as I minister to the saints. Sometimes the saints can be tough to handle. How, how many of you have had children? You, you, you either have them or you're raising children. So we'll put our hands down. Lots of you have had children. Now, how many of you have had children that were never hard to deal with? Never. Not a day, not a moment. Not, not even. So we have two liars who raised their hand. That's, that's a whole sermon unto itself. The reality is people are hard to, sometimes they can be a trick, can't they? It doesn't matter if they're, it doesn't matter whether they're just a little squirt that you're cuddling and holding. Man, sometimes they keep you up all night long. And it's hard. Or whether they're your 40-year-old child. You know, no matter what, I'm... I'm in my 60s, my mom's in her 80s, and she calls me last night. She says, Tim, listen, I, I'm not exactly sure how you feel, but Donald Trump tonight is on a blah, 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 she tells me where he is. She says, now, I, I, really, I really want you to listen to him. I said, mom, I have listened to him, and I've listened to other people too, and I, and I said, you know, it's a whole year, mom. We're, Got a whole year to think about this, mom, you know, and I'm, I'm telling her. And mom, she's a little, she wants me to fall right into line. Isn't that what parents want? You know, and she's 88 years old. She's calling up her boy. Come on, get in line. I need you to fall into line. And I may, I don't know, I'm not there yet. But the reality is, even those we love the most can sometimes not just fall right into line. And as a pastor, whether me or a missionary on the field or the Apostle Paul ministering to churches, he says, pray for me as I minister to the saints. Because there's a lot of pressure, a lot of stress. 24 hours on, he says, pray for me. And you and I, we need to pray for those missionaries. As I thought about Jay, you know, Jay and I, we were college kids. You know, we lived in the same room for a school year. And 
Uh, man, I just think about the vibrancy and the youth and the excitement of going into ministry. And he's gone. And I think I wish I had stayed more in contact. I wish I had prayed for Jay more. So I need to be stirred. Just as the apostle is stirring others to go ahead and pray, pray for those preachers. So not only are the people problems something we need to pray for missionaries and pastors around the world about, but also when we looked at our text in 2 Thessalonians, we need to pray for the preaching. Preaching. It looks so easy, doesn't it? You come and you, you, you sit down and the preacher gets up there and he's just kind of railing about all kinds of stuff and then it's over, right? No, there's so much more into it. There's that, there's that desire, that drive to go ahead and bring God's word forth. Not my opinion. I don't want to know some missionary's opinion. I don't want to know what everybody thinks. I want to know what does the word of God have to say? What does the book have to say? That's what matters to me. I want you to look with me at Colossians chapter 4. I was talking to somebody here a while ago about our church. And I told him, I said, listen, we are a Bible preaching church. It's about the Bible. If you come to church... We're not going to read a little scripture and then talk about everything else in the world. We're going to go to the scriptures and see how it applies to everything else in the world. Because it is our central theme. Look with me at Colossians chapter 4. And listen as the apostle writes to the church in Colossae. And he is going ahead and stirring them to pray for him. Colossians chapter 4 verses 3 and 4. Uh, in fact, we'll pick it up in verse 2. Continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. And I want to challenge you to take that to heart. I love that verse because he tells us to continue to pray and then watch with thanksgiving. You see, there's lots of people who pray, but they forget about what they prayed about. And they don't watch to see God answer their prayers. They just move on. He says, no, 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 no. If you're going to be a prayer warrior, if you're going to talk to God, if you're going to bring your concerns to him, then watch with thanksgiving as he answers your prayers. I love that verse. Look at what, look at what continues on down as we go into verse 3 and 4. With all, praying also for us. So the apostle says, pray for us, that God would open unto us a door of utterance, a door of speaking and preaching, to speak the mystery of Christ, for which I am also in bonds, that I may make it manifest, revealed, understood, as I ought to speak. So the apostle is writing to the church of Colossae, he's saying, I need you to pray for me. I need you to pray for me when I get up to preach the gospel, wherever it is. And as he traveled up around the edge of the Mediterranean, went back over into old ancient Europe, everywhere he went, he tried to establish churches. He'd go into towns that had never heard the gospel and he'd start preaching. He went to Athens. 
the city of philosophers, intellectuals. And he stood up on Mars Hill, which is a pinnacle that looks out over Athens where the philosophers would go and people would gather to hear. And the apostle Paul preached to them the gospel. He was fearless. And here he says, pray for me. Pray for me because preaching can be a heavy load. He says, pray for me that people might understand that, that I might be able to bring forth the word of God and that there might be a freedom in doing that. You see, every preacher, no matter whether they're preaching in the Ukraine while they're at war, or whether they're preaching in England that's at peace, or whether they're going ahead and preaching in Africa where they're struggling with starvation and all kinds of internal rebellion, or whether they're preaching in America where we live a very safe and affluent life. Paul says, I need you to pray for the freedom of bringing forth the gospel with clarity and understanding. It's so important. We need God's hand upon the preaching of God's word. That's why he says in verse 3 there of Colossians 4, with all praying also for us that God would open unto us a door of utterance. It has to be the Lord who does that. When I started, I said to you, you and I as a church, you and I need to pray. God, please raise up amongst our young people, preachers, pastors, wives, missionaries, we need to see raised up amongst ours the utterance of the preaching of the gospel. Because what happens, what happens when this old guy stops and you need to find a young, vibrant, sharp, stylish man, <laughs> cutting edge intellectual to take my place? You've got to find somebody who surrendered, trained, willing, who the door of utterance has opened that they might bring forth the word of God. And Paul says, he says, pray for me that that door of utterance would be opened up and we need to be praying for the future preachers. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 9, the apostle says, a great door and effectual is opened unto him. You see, God had answered that prayer. He'd answered the prayer request of pray for me that I might have that open door. God answered it and he wrote about it. He says, listen, that great door of effectual, powerful preaching, it has opened and he has stepped in. We need to pray for that to come to pass. In verse 4 of Colossians 4, you notice he says, that I might make it manifest as I ought to speak. That I might make it so that people can understand it. It's revealed. All the details are understood. He said, I need you to pray. The, all of Christ, listen, when you were driving to church this morning, you drove by all kinds of buildings with the name church in front of it. But I know because I'm a pastor, I talk to other preachers. Lots of them, the Bible is the minor part of their service. 
They'll go ahead and have somebody come up and read a text. Maybe they'll read four or five verses. And then the pastor will preach about some social thing or something that has nothing to do with the Bible. And even some of the songs churches sing today, not about the shed blood, it's not about the cross, it's not about... Listen, all around us, there are those who are not doing what the apostle was asking for prayer about. You and I, we have to covenant together. We have to say, Lord, we want the preaching of the gospel. Even if the whole world says we don't want to hear it, we still need to pray for it. And that is what he's faced with. This is before the Roman Empire embraced Christianity. This is when they're hunting down Christians. And he says, pray for me. Pray that the word of God might go forth with that power, with that clarity, with that understanding, that that door would be opened for the preaching of the gospel. The third one I want to take you to is Hebrews chapter 13, verse 18. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 18. And that is, we need to pray for preachers about their spirituality. Because it's critical, it's important. The spiritual weight, the spiritual responsibility is genuine and real. But we see way too many preachers who, who give it up, they quit, they get divorced, they get themselves in financial jams, they get themselves addicted to drugs or whatever. Preachers drop out for all kinds of reasons. Because they're just people like you. They're missionaries. They're people just like you and me. They struggle with the same things every day. They, they get married when they're young and, and they have kids and, and they've got the responsibility of caring for them and taking care of their marriage and their congregation. And before you know it, they get distracted and they get pulled off this direction, that direction, and their family comes apart. Oh, who knows what? We need to pray for them. All these missionaries that we support on a monthly basis, they're real people. Read the letters. They're faced with real life problems just like yours. Hebrews chapter 13. Look down with me if you would at verse 18. And here we find that as, as God inspires the author of Hebrews to write, he says, pray for us. For we trust we have a good conscience in all things willing to live honestly. So can you imagine the Apostle Paul is, well, we don't know who wrote Hebrews. Some people think it was the Apostle Paul, but it doesn't tell us. But as God, as he inspired for it to be authored, that preacher, that apostle, he writes and he says, pray for us that we would live a life of good conscience and honesty. Now, is that out of the bounds? That's not out of the bounds, is it? Every one of us should be living a good life of good conscience and honesty. Isn't that the truth? That's not such a high bar, is it? That's not such a high bar that you would think, well, only a preacher could live like that. 
No, every one of us should live like that. It should not be that we expect some higher standard of the preacher than we would expect of ourselves. Yet this preacher, he reaches out. He says, pray for me. Pray that I would live that life that is a good conscience. 1 Timothy chapter 3 verse 9 says, Holding the mystery of the faith in a pure conscience. Every preacher, pray for them. That they would maintain a good conscience before God. As the Holy Spirit stirs our hearts and moves our soul. We have to listen as preachers, as missionaries, Sunday school teachers, junior church teachers, people who are bringing across the gospel, Awana teachers, Bible club teachers. I don't care who it is. If you have gone ahead, mom sitting at the table and you're teaching your children, dad, you're doing nightly devotions and you're teaching your family about the word of God. Listen, God is saying to you and I, we should be a, a person who lives with a good conscience. It shouldn't be that at the end of the day, we're thinking, Ooh, wow, I am a mess. If that's the case, then it's time to straighten it up. Amen? Amen. It can be cleaned up. You know, it's it's kind of like my garage. <laughs> By the end of the winter, because I'm not wanting to hang out in that garage when it's 10 below zero. So I pull stuff out and I just throw it back. Get tools out, try to put them back. Sometimes they just go on the workbench. But it starts warming up in the spring. It's time to clean up the mess. It's time to take the hours, time to take the time. Put away every tool, put everything back in its place, sweep the floor, get out the speedy drive, rub it in, get the oil out of the cement. It's time to clean the mess. And in your life and in mine, if your conscience is telling you, I'm a mess. I swear like a sailor. I've been drinking. I've been who knows what, who knows what, who knows what. Whatever the list is in your life. If you're looking at that, your conscience is saying to you, you're not okay. Then it's time to clean the mess up. And here the apostle, he says... Pray. Pray for preachers. Pray for those preachers near and far around the world. Pray for preachers that are going to step in the pulpit someday when old timers step out. Pray for them that they live a life that is of good conscience. I want you to look with me, if you would, to Romans chapter 13, verse 13. And I know Mike is so much faster than I am. He gets it up on that screen. Lickety split. Romans 13, 13. It says, let us walk honestly. As in the day. Not in rioting and drunkenness. Not in chambering and wantonness. Not in strife and envying. Man, he touches all the bases, doesn't he? It's not baseball because there's way too many bases there for that. But he's touching all the bases. And he's saying, pray for us. Pray that we would live an honest life. 
And he says the same thing in our text. He says, pray for him that he would live a life of good conscience and a life of honesty. You and I, we need to pray for those preachers. Maybe you know a pastor. In fact, just, just today, while I was going around shaking hands, I had somebody say to me, Pastor, listen, my, my relative who is a missionary, and we chatted about their relative that's a missionary. Maybe you know a preacher. Maybe you know somebody. You know me. Pray for preachers. That they live a life of good conscience and an honest life. An honest life. It's not asking too much. Pray that you live a life of good conscience and an honest life because you represent Jesus too. My point is this morning, because my friends are dying off to my shock and amazement, I didn't think we were old enough for that. My point to you is we need to pray for preachers. But you need to pray for you too. All these things are things that are really applicable to all our lives. We look around our church and we have, we have young couples who are serving the Lord. I look at uh, right here, the Dobsons, this young couple with their little babies right at their feet. And they work in the youth group. They help with the teens. And across the room, I see people who volunteer in Awana, in Sunday school, in junior church, summer, summer Bible clubs, all of these things. Every one of them that are opening their Bible and teaching, they're a preacher. Pray for them. They're preaching to your children, to your grandchildren, just like me. Pray for them. And I want to leave it with this. For you and I, we need to be faithful ourselves. We should be living an honest life. A life of good conscience. We should be people who are really trying to minister to others. Our neighbors, our friends, our relatives, both believers and unbelievers. The hard and the easy. And you know what? We need to ask God to give us clarity of the word that we might have an open door to share it with our neighbors, our friends, our coworkers, our kids, our parents, that they might understand too. Father in heaven, as we go forth, I pray that you would help us to not be forgetful hearers, but help us to be prayer warriors. Lord, all around the world, even at this very moment, there are preachers preaching the gospel. And I pray for everyone. They are your servants. They have given their lives for you. I lift them up before you. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. Let's sing together the little chorus. I'll say, yes, Lord, yes. I'll say yes, Lord, yes, to your will and to your way. I'll say yes, Lord, yes, I will trust you and obey. 
when your spirit speaks to me with my whole heart i'll agree and my answer will be yes lord yes we're dismissed this morning